In this video, I'm going to share with you the email secret that no one is telling you about. And this is coming from someone who's sent millions upon millions of emails over the past 18 years online. Hey, welcome to the Healthpreneur Show. I'm Uriel Kim, CEO and founder of Healthpreneur. You are listening to this because you are a health professional or coach who is committed and driven to growing a successful virtual practice or coaching business online. In these episodes, I'm going to give you the best of the best when it comes to marketing, sales, mindset, business, growth in general to help you achieve those goals. So without any further ado, let's dive right in. Hey guys, what's going on? Daryl King here, CEO and founder of Healthpreneur. Welcome to today's training. And if you're someone who is online or using email, what I'm about to share with you could potentially change the game for your business. Email marketing in today's day and age is still what I believe to be the most effective way to add substantial amounts of profit to your business. It is also the single biggest area that almost all of our clients don't even pay attention to before they start working with us. And the reason I share this and the reason that's so important to understand how to do email marketing properly is because if you're bringing leads into your business and you are not nurturing them, you are missing out on acres of diamonds sitting right underneath your nose. In fact, in our business, we have three and a half X'd our profitability just by emailing our list compared to if we didn't and only relied on ads by itself. So the consequences of not emailing your list are dramatic on the negative side and the benefits of doing so are also dramatic on the positive side. So if you want to help more people and roll more clients, make a lot more money at a significant profit, remember if you're running ads, you've already paid for these leads. You're better off converting them into paying customers or clients by using email the right way. The problem though is most most people don't email their list. They don't know how to email their list and they get tripped up worrying about the wrong things. So what I want to share with you here is something I've not really ever heard anyone talk about. And actually this was prompted by a client recently asking me, Yuri, what's the best email open rate and click through rate I should be looking at, you know, amongst my broadcast slash nurture emails. And my answer to that question was a big all caps, it depends. It depends on a number of factors. And that's what I wanna walk you through here. I'm gonna draw some stuff out of the iPad to give you better context of how to make sense of this question and how to more effectively use email to your advantage to help more people, okay? So the first thing I wanna draw here on the iPad is what I call the commitment conversion conundrum. What I mean by that is if we look at the, the graph here on the y-axis, we have CBR, which stands for conversion rate. And on the x-axis, we have commitment. So essentially what happens is that when you increase the commitment required of someone, the conversion rate typically goes down. And a lot of marketers see that as a bad thing. I see it as a completely amazing thing. And I'm going to explain to you why. So you can use this context or this framework for any conversion mechanism online. So that can be a landing page. As an example, the more commitment you have on a landing page, for instance, name, email, phone number, mailing address, etc. the more of those you put on a landing page, what's going to happen? The conversion rate's going to go down. Why is that? Because people, some people, a lot of people don't want to provide as much information versus if you only asked for email up here you're gonna have a much higher conversion rate. Make sense? So you can think of this in that within that lens as we think about what we're discussing here. So let's talk about email for a second. The most important thing to remember with respect to email is you have to ask yourself two questions. Question number one is, what's the objective of this email? Okay, so that's the first question. What is the objective of this email? And the second question is, where are they going next? So when they click on a link, if there's a link in the email, where 
are they going next? Because where they end up has a big impact on what type of email you should be using. So I'll come back to this graph in a second, but let's just use the example of two different scenarios because we have email number one and we have, let me just redraw that, email number two. Okay, so in email number one, we have the scenario of very short copy, right? And then there's like some type of call to action. And then email two, we have very long copy, very, very, very long email, and maybe a call to action at the bottom. I'm, I'm preface, I, I want to set the stage by giving you those two parameters because all the emails you send are going to be a combination of one or the other of those right? Whether you have a lot of content or not, or if it's a pure pitch, it doesn't matter. If it's a long email or a short email, it's going to dramatically influence one of those metrics we talked about or alluded to, which is click-through rate. So I'm going to come back to that in a second. Click-through rate, CTR. The first one we want to look at is open rates. So what is the ideal open rate for an email? It really, really depends. It depends on how big your email list. It depends on how uh, specific that email list is, or is it really just an you know accumulation of all sorts of different niches and all sorts of different you know lead sources and lead magnets and all sorts of stuff, or is it very, very tight? The bigger the email list is, generally the lower the open rates go down. And also, very, very importantly, not just the subject line. A lot of people talk about subject lines, right? You know, catchy subject line. Use curiosity benefits. Okay, if you want a high open rates on your email subject lines, curiosity and benefit. Okay, so I'll come back to this in a second. But one thing we also have to keep in mind is what happened with iOS 14.5. So open rate used to be a useful metric to look at. You send out 100,000 emails, you know, 20, you know, 20,000 people open, you've had 20% open rate, right? When iOS 14.5 came out about two years ago, what basically happened is they said, Apple said, all of our users, we're going to tell you that they have 100% open rates. So you will not know whether someone opened or not. In reality, all of them opened. And now it's like, well, what the, f that doesn't really help, right? So now we don't really know the true open rate. But instead of freaking out, the reality is who cares? Because as long as you're comparing apples to apples, it's all good. So let's say that really your real open rate is 20% if we were before uh, iOS 14.5. But now because Apple's telling you everyone has opened, which they really haven't, but they're telling you they have just for privacy reasons, your open rate now, when you look at your email service provider, whether it's Entreport, ActiveCampaign, MailChimp, whatever, is telling you 30%. So you know that 30% is not the real open rate, but who cares? Because if all of your emails are in reference to the kind of true open rate, then it's all the same. Because if you're sending emails to your list and it's 30%, then 32%, then 24%, then 45%, at least it's consistent. You're comparing apples to apples. So you can look at which subject lines are getting better opens. Okay, so iOS 14.5, although it kind of skewed open rates a little bit, it doesn't really matter because you can still determine which subject lines are working better than others based on the fact that, you know, it's it's all the same level playing field now. One thing that a lot of people don't talk about with respect to open rates, so we talked about the two most important things you want to have in a subject line is curiosity and benefits. If you give away the nature of the email in the subject line, why would someone open the email? Okay. But the second, and I think the most important thing that takes a long time to build is character. Let me give you this example. So let's say, think of your favorite Hollywood actor. Let's call it Brad Pitt. Okay. If Brad Pitt sends you an email, does it even matter what the subject line is? No. It can be brackets, no subject. It can be high. It can be, it doesn't matter. The reason you would open that email is because it's Brad Pitt. And this is one of the most fundamental truths that I hope you get from this video is that almost in, in all aspects of marketing, it is the messenger that is more important than the message. It is the character 
that is more important than the content. So yeah, we can play all sorts of gimmicky things with our subject lines, but fundamentally, if people don't give a shit about hearing from you because they don't even know you, for instance, why would they want to open the email? So I share this with you because the goal over time, if we look at time and let's say KLT being no like and trust slash character development, if you will, what happens is if you are frequent with emailing people and you are consistent with your omnipresence, like you are always in front of your audience. So they start to be like, they just see you all the time. What that does is it increases over time. That's why I talk about this all the time. Longevity is the most important superpower you can build in your business. I've been in business for 18 years. Like we have clients that are like, yeah, like I followed Jerry's workout programs 12 years ago and I bought this book from like whenever. That all helps. It builds who you are as a personality, as a messenger, as a character, so that people are more receptive to listening to your message. And therefore, the message, although is very, very important, what is more important in my belief is the character you that you develop over time. And the best way to, to build your character, another way to think about this, is your brand is just being in the game for a very, very long time, okay? Think about this. If Brad Pitt was, you know, an up-and-coming actor and no one really knew about him, but he played in a small role in a small film, would you have the same connection to that name? No, but now Brad, like everyone knows who he is. So there's this status, there's this brand that has been built and therefore his character trumps whatever it is he says. And this is the thing a lot of people don't think about is they look at all these influencers online and, you know, you know, people posting very like elementary type of quotables, like drinking water first thing in the morning is really good for you. And the thing is like a thousand shares. You're like, what the fuck? That's the most useless piece of information I've seen today. But because it was posted by a really famous doctor, everyone gives a shit. Does that make sense? And like, you can look at another example, right? The Rock. No one gave a shit who The Rock was when he was a broke football player in the Canadian Football League. He had $7 in his pocket, $7 to his names, which, which I believe is why his production company is called Seven Bucks Productions. I believe that's what it's called. That's where it all started. No one knew who he was. Now he has whatever, 300 million followers on social or on Instagram, and he can put his name on anything. Headphones, tequila, and the thing takes off. It doesn't matter what he says. His, like, his message, sure, it's inspiring, hard work, wake up early, work out, cool. There's a million other people who say the same things but it's because it's the rock. And so the thing I want you to understand here, and this is why it's so important to play the long game, is that you as the messenger is infinitely more important than your message. Now, here's the Trump side. Here's the flip side to this. In order for you to become an effective messenger, you have to be clear about your message and you have to repeat it over and over and over and over again in such a way that people actually give a shit about what you're talking about. And you keep doing that for years, not days, not weeks, not months, years, probably even decades. And eventually, you'll be the messenger that people actually want to hear about. So going back to our question, what is the ideal open rate for an email? It depends. If you're a no one and no one knows you, then your open rate is relative to that. But if you're a famous you know, guru in the space, your open rate will probably be higher because people want to hear from you. Quick little break in the show for you. Are you in our Healthpreneur Hub Facebook group? If not, I want to hook you up. I share some amazing resources in there, including free reports, videos, trainings, obviously more connection to me. And we have thousands of other health professionals and coaches who are in that group actively seeking to grow their business online. If you'd like to join us, let me hook you up with a link. It's healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash hub. That's forward slash H-U-B. Once again, that's healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash hub. Go there now, join the group, 
And when you're in there, just drop me a little note to welcome yourself, let us know what you're up to, and I look forward to seeing you inside, connecting with you a little more personally. And once again, that's healthpartnergroup.com forward slash hub. Now let's get back to the show. With all that said, I think you should be shooting for open rates minimum of around 25%, if not more. That's a starting point. But again, if you've got a super small list of friends and family, you'll have an open rate of 75%. But if you've acquired you know, leads coming in from Facebook ads, which is cold traffic, you might have a lower op open rate than warm leads who've watched all your videos on YouTube, as an example. So you're very, I mean, these, these questions are very contextual based on all these different factors. So if we think about that, as an example, we come back to this conversion commitment conundrum spectrum. Think about this. If you have watched all of my videos on YouTube, that is a very, very high degree of commitment. Okay. Now, in the context of conversion rates, it's less applicable there. But what I do want to mention is there's one more factor that a lot of people don't think about here is that the higher the commitment, the higher quality prospects you're dealing with. So I'm not saying the conversion rate is going to go up, although it will go up ultimately. So if you've watched all my videos, the likelihood of you coming onto an enrollment call with us, I mean, like I've watched every single video yours ever, yours ever put out, I'm ready to get started. That conversion rates, if we compare that to someone who's like, I don't even know what you guys do, is through the roof. And that's because you have committed hours upon hours upon hours of your time to consume my stuff. Thank you. Right? It also means that the likelihood that you will convert is much higher than someone who's never seen me ever before. Does that make sense? So although the commitment we are asking of someone can be greater, it also means they're usually a better qualified prospect. So let's come back to the nature of the email, the conversation of emails here. So let's look, I'm just going to remove the open rate stuff here. So we had two examples. We had short email and long email, email one, email two. And remember I said, what's the objective of the email? That's question number one. What is the objective of the email? So there's two things that can happen really. In the nature, in the context of an email, there's we have to think of, okay, where are they going next? So think of this. You have an email and there's a link in the email for them to click. They click that link. Where do they go next? Are they going to a blog post, a YouTube video, a webinar? Are they going to book a call on like on the next page? Are they going to a social media post? That's very, very important to consider because then you have to ask yourself the next question, which is, okay, well, what's the next page they're going to? Because they're going to go somewhere. And then you have to ask the question, is that destination doing more or less of the heavy lifting. So I'll give you an example. When is it right to use short email versus long email? And let's talk about click-through rates. So in the example of very, very short emails, I'm talking about one or two sentences with a link. You will have high CTR. You will have a higher CT, a higher click-through rate. Just like with your Facebook ads, if you have one sentence and a link, link you'll have a higher CTR. You'll have a lower cost per click. But there's a caveat. We'll come back to this. In the long email, you will have a lower CTR, less clicks. But is that bad? It depends. So what does it depend on? It depends on what the next step is. So I'll give you an example from our business. On Sundays, we email our list about the newest YouTube video. That email is generally one sentence and a link. That's it. Why? Because the only thing I want you, if you're on my email list, to do is click that link and come watch this video. That's it. I don't need to tell a whole story. I don't need to prime you up because I know the longer the email is, the lower the clicks are. And if my intention, remember, what's the objective? If my objective is to get as many views as quickly as possible, then I want an email that's gonna get the highest number of clicks. So I'm gonna use a short email, one to two sentences, 
that's it. I don't need to build this whole story and prime and qualify you. No, benefit, frustration, whatever it is, watch this, that's it. Now, that's where I would use a short email. Let's contrast that with, let's say the next page or the objective of the email was for you to book a call to work with us. And if the email was, hey Joe, wanna get more clients? Click here to book a call with us. I'll get more clicks for sure. But what's gonna happen on the next page? If that next page doesn't do a lot of heavy lifting, like as an example, if that booking page was apply to work with us, schedule your call below, and then a scheduling uh, calendar. If that was it, here's what's gonna happen. I will likely either have people who land on the page and like, I didn't even know what I was clicking on, so I'm out of here. Or two, we'll get more calls booked that will be unqualified and we'll have to cancel them. Because on that page, the page has not done much of the heavy lifting to qualify or pre-indoctrinate the people landing on that page. So what ends up happening is we get more calls booked with less qualified people. Again, we go back to here. Little commitments means less qualified primed prospects. So enter email number two, a long form, long ass email as you want to call, if you want to call it that. So recently I sent out an email and the email subject line was, um, this email is going to hurt in brackets, you know, read at your own peril or something along those lines. And the first sentence of the email was warning. This will be the longest email you read from me in a long time. And in a Google doc, it was five pages. Okay. So it's a very long email. Now, what was the objective of that email? That email was very specifically crafted to say, listen, if you're not working with us, there's one of five reasons. Let's talk about what's going on here. Let's cut the shit. It's like shit or get off the pot. That was the type of email. It's five pages long. And I, you know, did the thing. And I knew going into that, here's what's going to happen. Because the next page I'm sending people to is not doing a lot of the heavy lifting, right? It's a headline, a couple qualifiers, and then the booking uh, calendar. So I knew that if I want the right people booking a call fest, the right people who are ready to get started now, not like curious, I needed that email to do a lot of the heavy lifting. So that email, five pages long, which is really overkill, to be honest, you don't have to write five-page emails. But I knew here's here's what was going to happen. And I told my team, I'm like, guys, and they loved the email, by the way, which I don't care about. All that matters is the results. I said, this email is going to produce a very small number of calls, but I guarantee you the calls that are coming from this email, a higher percentage of them will become paying clients. And that was the objective of the email is I'm like, I don't need 500 calls booked. I just need a couple calls booked with people who are like, yep, let's go. Because again, if you've read the book Persuasion by Robert Cialdini, you have to, you'll understand that what people see before the offer dramatically affects the conversion of the offer. And that's coming back to what we've talked about here. If there's no commitment down here, okay? Yeah, can, I mean, Sorry, that's the wrong one. If there is no commitment over here, yeah, we'll get a higher conversion rate. We'll get more clicks. We'll get more people booking calls. We'll get more people opting in, but they're not the right people to ultimately convert into paying clients. Generally speaking, if you have no barrier to entry and you've got people booking calls without jumping through hoops, you will have lower quality prospects. You'll have more people canceling and no showing in your calls and you will waste a lot more of your time with people who don't even know what it is you do. So we want to balance that off where, okay, say, okay, in some cases, does that make sense? Well, listen, if you've got a podcast and you want people to listen to it, send an email with one sentence and a link, go listen to the podcast. But if it's a conversion-based event and you want to make sure that the right people are taking action and the destination page 
is not doing a lot of the heavy lifting, then the email has to. Now, there is one situation where you could send a very short email with a conversion-based event. And that is in the situation where you're sending them to a long page that does all the heavy lifting. So if you sent them to a sales page selling some products, short email and go to the page, the page does all the selling. If you sent a short email to a booking a call page, again, that page should do a lot of the qualifying, a lot of the priming, and only at the bottom give them the opportunity to book a call if they meet those criteria, okay? So in that email, you will have higher click-through rates, you'll have a greater drop-off on the page, but those people who are moving all the way down are more qualified. Then if you had a short email, a simple page with no qualifiers on it, and now you have a lot of people booking calls who you end up canceling or don't show because they're not qualified, there's no commitment, etc. Okay. I hope this is making sense because no one talks about this. And I hope you're understanding that to, to answer the question of what's the best open rate, what's the best click-through rate is such an elementary question that if you're asking, that's fine. But hopefully you're starting to think differently about this because the answer is it depends. In marketing, the answer is always test. The answer is always it depends based on context. There's so many factors that have to be involved here. You know, like, okay, well, what's the ideal click-through rate? Whatever, 10% would be amazing. If you're hitting 5%, cool, but who cares? 5% click-through rate that produces no results, what's the point? So if, if a five, you get a 10% click-through rate because you use a short email and then it went to a page that didn't do what it needed to do so you don't get the conversions, what's the point? So you always have to think of what's the objective and then what is the next page or destination people are landing on. So again, in, in my experience, the best time to use short emails is when the purpose of the click is to have people very quickly view something or consume something like a podcast or a video like on YouTube or a blog post. But if, it, if it's a conversion-based event and you care about making sure the right people are taking the next step, in my estimation, you have two choices. You've got a long email to a relatively basic page, okay? And the email does all the heavy lifting. Or you use a short email to a longer page or more in-depth page that does the heavy lifting. So it could be a short email to a webinar. Webinar does the heavy lifting, sells the next step. You could have a short email to a long sales page, sales page does the heavy lifting into the next step. Or if you don't have that stuff, it's a long email to a very basic page to book a call. Email does all the qualifying, all that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? So anyways, I hope this video gets your head turning a little bit and gives you more intel insight into how we make decisions with respect to email marketing. Because again, email marketing is a massively important aspect of your business. And listen, like don't overthink it. Do not overthink it. In general, I would not overdo short emails. I would rather send longer emails that people read, consume. If there's a click, whatever, that's fine. But a lot of times it's just the very fact that they're consuming your stuff that is gonna help building it's going to help to build your character over time. And then when you do have calls to action, short emails with a click or longer emails with a click, more people are willing to take that action because they know they can trust you as opposed to never even hearing from you. The one thing I can say with a little bit more objectiveness is the more email, the more often you email your list, the better it's going to be for your business. I'm not saying you have to email three times a day, but you definitely should be emailing your list. And I don't like using the word should, but honestly, if you care about growing your business and helping more people, three days a week, is a good cadence. Add value, add value, call to action. Add value, add value, call to action. If you email your list once a month, they'll be like, who are you? I mean, they don't even remember your name. You have to be top of mind and you have to be in their inbox. You have to be present because when they are ready, if you are not there, they're not gonna choose you. They're going somewhere else. Cool? So I would love to know if you've enjoyed this video. Let me know what has 
really jumped out at you the most in the comments below. And if you want more on email marketing, watch the next video. I'm going to walk you through some really cool stuff, uh, a really simple structure you can use for sending out more of your what we call newsletter nurture type of emails. And I'll share that with you in the next video. So watch the next, leave me a comment below and thanks for hanging out and hope you enjoyed this one. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me in today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have, here's what I'd love for you to do next is if you're not already subscribed to the Health Burner Show, go ahead and hit that button wherever you're listening to this to make sure you do not miss a single episode coming your way. And while you're at it, why not leave a rating or review? It would mean a lot to me. And here's why. Because I lay in bed awake at night wondering, are you enjoying this show? Do you get a lot of value out of this? And I never really know until I hear from you. All kidding aside, I would really appreciate a rating or review because as you know, the more people know about this show, the more people we can help and your ratings and reviews make a huge difference. So thanks for hanging out with me once again and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.